Hello friends and welcome. I hope you all woke up this morning with medicine on your mind. I know I sure did. My name is Sonia Surya and I am so excited that you're here with me on this unique journey in exploring various medical fields and how to navigate the educational and professional pathways within them. If you're like me and are thinking of a career in healthcare or are even just interested in hearing about different careers in general, keep listening to hear from a real professional about their personal experiences and advice. There is no better way to explore the field of medicine. And of course, if you enjoy this episode and others, feel free to share this podcast with friends and family. My main goal here is to bring as much knowledge as I can to as many different people as possible. So with that, let's get right into our interview for the day. Hi. Hi, Sanya. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Um, so just to all our listeners, I'm extremely excited. We have Dr. Monica Songvi with us here today to talk about her experience as a non-invasive cardiologist. Um, and so just to start out, could you explain um, just a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to us, um, your career, where you're from and where you live now and some things you enjoy doing outside of work? Absolutely. Thank you, Sanya, for for inviting me to your show or your podcast. And thank you for, um, you know, creating this resource for other um, students who are interested in medicine. I think this is a great idea. Thank you. So, yeah, no problem. This is awesome. I think I would have loved to have this podcast when I was going into medical school. But, you know, I think, so I'll, I'll explain where I'm from. You know, I grew up mainly in in Oregon. So that's where I did my undergrad. I did medical school there. I subsequently went to um, school at Northwestern and then fellowship in Texas and now met Penn. So I'm a non-invasive cardiologist and I'm at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And um, in terms of how I chose my career. It is, it was, it was a big decision for me, but I think that the writing was in the walls from the, from early on. I actually did cardiology research between my, so, so let me step back. I I feel like I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. And initially I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician I wanted to be a lot of things while I was, um, you know, deciding to go to medical school. Right. But I think there were a couple things that um, inspired me to go to, into cardiology. One was the fact that I did some cardiology research between my un- year in under my undergraduate graduation and starting medical school. So I had taken a year off, and at that time, I worked with Dr. Chug Sumit Chug, who was at. OHSU at that time, doing research on sudden death. And um, one of his fellows at the time, now he's at OHSU, Dr. Eric Stecker, was a fellow at the time and really, you know, took me under his wing, taught me so much at that time. And I got to work so closely with him. You know, I'd, I'd go to EKG classes with him. And this is before medical school, but I found it so fascinating. And then I... I went to medical school. While in medical school, I liked a lot of things. I thought I wanted to do GI. I wanted to do family medicine. But 
in the end, I decided on internal medicine. I felt like after a lot of discussions, it was the best fit for me. Mm-hmm. But even within internal medicine, there's so many options. You know, there are so many options. Yeah. There. And so when I started um, my internal in, internal medicine residency, I thought that I wanted to be a an allergist and immunologist. And part of that was actually lifestyle driven. I felt like I wanted to have a really good work-life balance. And from my discussions with people, I thought that allergy would would allow me to do that, you know, have Mm -hmm. a good work-life balance. Even though it was probably not what I was most interested in, I I was making that decision based on what I wanted my life to look like rather than what I was most interested in. But so I declared that as my interest, but, but the reality was cardiology was where my passion was at. You know, I was the most happiest when I was in the CCU, Mm -hmm. even though I was working long hours, I absolutely loved every minute of it. I thought the physiology was fascinating. I thought everything about it was so interesting and I was happy to be there from morning to evening. It didn't matter. And finally, when it came to making a decision, I said, I, I talked to a lot more people and I, you know, when, um, Dr. Vera Riglin, she's a non-invasive cardiologist at Northwestern where I was at at the time, I went up to, I went to her and I said, you know, what should I do? You know, I want a good, um, work-life balance, but I really, really love cardiology. What should I do? And she, she told me, three words. She said, follow your heart. And she's like, no pun intended. But the truth of the matter is you have to do what you love and then figure everything out after that. And so that's what, after that, after that discussion, you know, she said, Monica, if you really love cardiology, you'll make it work for you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I, I did some research, more research in cardiology. um, And then I'll talk about that in a little bit more in terms of then I, the mentor that I met at that time. But, you know, after that, I applied for fellowship, I started fellowship, have loved every minute of it. I worked really, really hard, but I did not regret my decision ever. It was just because I loved it so much, you know, and I think that's great. Yeah. Um, they always say that if you love what you do at work, you will be energized when you get home. And I think that's so true. You know, doing cardiology, Mm -hmm. doing what I love really gives me energy at work as well as at home. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed that you talked about work-life balance Mm -hmm. and that kind of leads into another question I had. Um, I wanted you to just try and describe a typical day to me because especially with the lack of shadowing opportunities Mm -hmm. with COVID-19 right now, Mm -hmm. it's, I think really important for people to hear about the reality of different types of jobs. Um, and so when you're saying that, maybe talk a little bit about what you've noticed about your work-life balance Mm -hmm. now too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what I do right now is I, so um, I'll back up one second. So I'm a non-invasive cardiologist and my job description will look very different than, um, than other cardiologists. And the other thing is I wanted to mention is that I'm an academic cardiologist. And so my, my day-to-day job is different than a private practice cardiologist as well. So each one of these people, you know, different special subspecialties and whether it's academic or private, the job description will be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
usually, uh, you know, before COVID, my, my job was, um, there were certain days of the week where I saw, only saw patients. So, for example, on Mondays, I would see um, patients all day, different types of patients, and I can go into that, um, and then in the clinic. And then Tuesdays, I would read echoes in the echo lab all day. Echocardiograms are ultrasounds of the heart to look at the heart, and it gives us a good picture of what the heart's doing. So that's what I would do all day is read echoes in the echo lab. And, okay. and then Wednesdays, I would see cl- um, patients in clinic all day again. Thursdays, I would actually um, be in fellows clinic. So, so I would precept a fellow as they were, were in their clinic. So I would help them take care of the patients and learn how to take care of patients. And then Friday, back in clinic again. And okay. so th- that's, that was my day to day, but then there are certain weeks out of the year where I'm not in clinic at all. Rather, I'm in the hospital taking care of patients in the inpatient setting. So it would be oftentimes like um, blocks of time um, where my schedule was completely different and I'm in the hospital taking care of patients, not in the outpatient setting. Right. Um, okay. So. The next question I had is, what do you think your favorite part of your job is and, and even possibly your least favorite part? And, um, and how do you find the motivation despite some things that might be a little hard to continue working through this? Right. So that's a great question because in the end, you have to find your passion, not only what field of what, whether, whatever field that is, but also within a field, there are different niches and you have to find the right niche for you within the field. Mm-hmm. So within cardiology, there are a lot of subspecialties. You know, there's, there's heart failure, which is the study of um, um, problems with the heart function. There's electrophysiologists that study and take care of patients with electrical problems with the heart. There are interventional cardiologists who take care of patients who have plumbing problems, so problems with their coronary arteries, or sometimes structural heart problems that mm-hmm. can be fixed with interventions. There, there are actually imaging specialists who, who do advanced imaging of the heart. My specific specialty is, is women's cardiovascular health. And, Interesting. And when I, so that's one of the mentors that I met at Northwestern. So when I had decided that I wanted to do cardiology, I was seeking a project within cardio research project within cardiology at Northwestern, and I was introduced to my mentor, Dr. Martha Galati, who I worked on a research project with. and And at that time, this field was very, very new. But she, her passion for women's cardiovascular health, really struck a chord with me, and that's the field within cardiology that I have pursued. So. The reason why I bring that up is because that's what I think is one of the funnest things in my job. So right now I'm a women's cardiovascular health expert. And so I see a lot of women who have heart issues. And for a long time, you know, we thought heart disease was the man's disease, especially mm-hmm. coronary disease. But the ed- educating women, um, um, helping take care of women who have heart issues is a passion of mine. And I love seeing these patients in my clinic and they bring me so much joy and taking care of them. 
I also see a lot of patients um, for preventive purposes who are trying to prevent heart disease. And I, I really enjoy seeing the patients, you know, so that's really what brings me joy is, is seeing these patients being able to alleviate their problems. You know, when a patient comes back to me and says, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. There is something so rewarding about that. Yeah, I can't even tell you. And um, I think that's the most rewarding part of my job and fulfilling. And that's what keeps me going. I think that's great. I think the least favorite part of my job and probably most people is the, is the documentation and charting it, mm, yeah. you know, there's so much in medicine that's documentation and charting. And, um, and I think that it's a really important part of medicine. I, I probably document a little too much, but it's part of who I am. It's like, I really like to think about things and, and um, think through problems. And I, I like to write it down so that everyone knows my thought process and I know my own thought process. So if someone comes back in, I remember I'm like, okay, this is exactly why I started something. But all of that takes time. And um, unfortunately, it takes a lot of time even after clinic is done. So I think that's my least favorite part of the job mm, yeah. <laughs> is the documentation part for sure. That makes sense. <laughs> um so what was the education process like to get to your career and where did you specifically do your education? So I did my four years of undergrad. I, I did that at Oregon State University. I got my degree in biomedical or bioengineering. Uh, it was a new program there at the time, but I felt it, it um, merged my interest in engineering or math as well as in biology. So I, I, that's what my degree was in. Then I took a year off in between for personal reasons, but then ended up going to Oregon Health and Science University in Oregon for medical school training. So that's four years of medical school. And then I did three years of internal medicine training um, at Northwestern University, three additional years of cardiology training at UT Southwestern Medical Center in Texas. And then, um, and then I joined faculty there. So after undergrad, I did um, 10 additional years of training. Wow. <laughs> that is, yeah, definitely for medical careers, the education is so long. Yes, but, it is. It is. But I mean, it sounds like from you and mm -hmm. from a lot of people that mm -hmm. I've talked to that it's really worth it if you get into a career you love, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's the key. So, you know, as I mentioned, you have to, you have to really love medicine. It's got to come mm -hmm. from within. You can't, it's not something that you can do because someone else told you to do it. And it's right. not something that you should do for the money. It has to be a calling from within or a passion passion so deep that that propels you to go into medicine it, right, because of course. or else or else you will not enjoy it the way um a lot of people who found their passion enjoy it yeah um so what kind of challenges have you faced financial or mm -hmm. otherwise and how were you able to work through them absolutely so this is a huge huge issue and you know one of the biggest things is, is medical school debt. And I yeah. think a lot of people, um, you know, find it very challenging. And I think a couple things that, uh, a couple decisions that I had made along the way, knowing that, um, that 
the financial debt associated with medical school is huge. So one of the decisions I made was was to go to my local state school rather than a private school for undergrad, knowing that I was going to get a full scholarship in undergrad. So I would not have met a debt in undergrad. So I think not everyone um, obviously has a chance, but I think, you know, knowing that if you, you're going to go to graduate school, the graduate school you go to becomes really important, more important than the undergrad. So I think you have to really think about this financially because if you're going to ha- take $100,000 in loans as an undergrad and then another 200000 as a medical student, that's going to be a lot of money. So you really yeah. have to think about the finances that way. Um, I actually, in undergrad, I mean, while going to medical school, I lived with my parents. Initially, I didn't want to because I was like, oh, I really want to live on campus where everyone else is living. I decided to make that decision for financial reasons and stay with my family so I would not take on additional debt for living expenses. And then I, I saved very from very early on. I start, as soon as I started getting paychecks from um, under, I started saving and trying to um, pay off debt slowly. So as soon yeah. as I, I could, I started paying off my debt. Even in, um, in fellowship, I, st- I did that. I moonlighted to pay off debt from, from very starting very early. I did not. I really tried not to live beyond my means. And so I think these are important lessons because you have to be able to, the burden, the financial burden coming out of medical school is huge. And if you think about that, um, from an early age, you know, um, yeah. then f- make good financial decisions from an early, from the onset, it'll help you long-term. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this next question is, I think, super important. Um, how do you think working in a medical career has shaped you as a person um, otherwise mm-hmm. than the kind of person you might have been before? And what do you think would be different about your life right now if you weren't in medicine? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of things, you know, I, and, you know, I think a lot, some of the changes happen gradually that you don't realize that they're happening. And I think, I think there's a a seriousness that comes when you understand the gravity of health situation, you know, people's health situations. And there is, there is a maturity that comes, maybe it's just age, but it's also understanding certain things. There's a responsibility that you feel that other people might not know certain information and that you have to, you have to, um, you know, provide, be a provider of that information. And so I, I feel like a sense of responsibility, more, more a sense of um, social responsibility you know, mm-hmm. that I really have to, I really, there's a lot that I need to do in terms of um, making sure that I use the education that I've gotten to the best of my ability. And right. I think, I think the, the topics that I might be interested in now have changed. And, um, you know, I, one of the things that happens when you go through medical school is that that's all you're surrounded by for many, many years are other people in medical school. And so you kind of lose track of what's normal and what's not, to be honest, because everyone that you're talking to most of the time is going through the same thing, you know, and not having weekends off is the norm. And 
And it's only when talking to my sister who isn't in med or who aren't in medical school, I would talk to my, you know, I have the weekend off and I'm like, I don't. And it was just only, um, listening to her, um, contrast my personal life. Did I, did I appreciate the difference? Otherwise everyone I spoke to was like, Oh yeah, we're all going through the same thing. And so it, it never felt that different because you know it's it when you're yeah. surrounded by everyone doing the same thing it just doesn't feel that different than what others are doing yeah um my last question for you um is just if you had any one or any few pieces of big advice that you could give someone looking into medicine or even more specifically cardiology what would that be the i think the best advice that that i can give is is really um, follow your passion, you know, don't worry about the work-life balance as much that will come. I think you really have to enjoy what you do and talk to a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, get a lot of perspectives, you know, put yourself in the situation where you can see, experience the life of these people. You know, that's why shadowing is so helpful because yeah. you can, you can ex- of different specialties and so I think that I love cardiology I'm biased but I think it's the best specialty and I know a lot of women who think so too I think um, the people who um, well men and women but I know that um, there's a big contingency of women in cardiology who are really pushing for more women to come into cardiology because we think it's the best field but so I think the two biggest thing is things are really follow your passion, follow your heart. Um, and second is to talk to as many people as possible to get as many perspectives. Yeah, definitely. And I know I said that would be my last question, but I just thought of another one. Sure. Um, what were some of the what were some helpful things that you did during your um, your pre-med time in undergrad um, to help with admissions to medical school that you think? were like incredibly impactful? Good question. I think, you know, the more, the more applications now, now that I'm on the receiving end of receiving end of applications, I kind of understand the things that I probably did that were, were beneficial. Mm -hmm. And, and a couple things that I can recommend. One is, is research is, is is very important in order to get into medical school. You have to you have to do research. So I I did several research projects before I applied to medical school through different venues. So research, you have to show commitment to medicine, and you should so show commitment to some other some other interest, some other project that you've shown a sustained interest in. I think that's important, whether it be art, whether it be volunteering, you have to show that you have consistently um, been involved in something and have impacted that has, um, and you've made an impact in that area. Right. You know, I, I had gone and, and explored, I had gone to India and gone to a medical camp there. I had gone to an orphanage and worked at an um, orphanage and did some projects, public health projects there that I think impact changed how things were happening there, you know, and I think that really um, looked where looked favorably on my, uh, my application. 
Right. Because that's like something impactful. And exactly. Really passionate. Exactly. And I, one of the pieces of advice that I give to people looking to go into medical school is whenever you think of, uh, you know, whenever you do a project or you do a shadow experience or work in a clinic, don't just work in that clinic and think of it as a passive project. So if you're going, let's say you're working in an underserved clinic, don't just go there and observe. My, my recommendation is when you go there, see what, see what one project you could, you could ask to take on to make things better. Maybe it's a systems thing. Maybe it's, um, you know, you see something that the patients are needing that is not being addressed. See if there's something you could do wherever you are to make things a little bit better because then what right. you you'll get something more out of it and they'll get something more out of it and so i would i would urge you and anyone else who's interested in, in any in medicine you know to really look at each each opportunity as a way of making an impact and looking at it as an active project rather than a passive experience yeah Thank you. That's really great advice. I just really wanted to backtrack into like the education part because I think that helps a lot of people with undergrad and med school um, and just thinking in that in that line. Um, So, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate all of the advice that you gave. And I think a lot of people are going to learn a bunch from this podcast from hearing from you. So I really appreciate it. Thanks again, Sonia, for having me on this podcast. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Take care. Wasn't it just so wonderful to hear from such an incredible professional? I truly hope you were able to think medicine with me today. Again, my name is Sonia Surya, and I'm from Portland, Oregon in the United States. I'm always open to hearing new ideas that I can try out. If you have ideas for me, want to learn something more, or just want to send me your thoughts, click the voice message button on my profile at anchor.fm slash thinkmedicine or send it directly through the link anchor.fm slash thinkmedicine slash message. I'd love to hear from you all directly, and I'm open to expanding the type of content I offer. If you enjoyed this episode, share this podcast with someone who you think would love it as well. Thank you for being here today, and I'll talk to you again on the next episode of Think Medicine with Sonia.